Our story features layers of betrayers, death of creators, multiverse invaders, legends of twilight, and astral crusaders. As our world burns, it brings the death of fates ruled by a golden god. He's the king of drakes. Our hopeless heroes fail with the highest stakes. But time's not constant and the past awaits. Roll the dice if you must as you stare at your slayers. After all, legends are made by defying soothsayers. Episode 8, Strange Professors. Last time on Oppressed by Sun, our heroes arrived at Sidham University, where they were greeted at the dock by a strange elf-like creature with dark skin and tattoos of bright white light. The creature is motionless, silent, as they approach. The boat just sort of bumps up against the dock right at his feet. Just before it does, half knot does a little flip out of the boat and busts out the little scroll and hands it to him. Um, and he sort of takes it from you without making any eye contact with you or anything. Sort of uh, looks at it and hands it back to you and points you up a, a winding path up a black cliff face, at the top of which you see a looming fortification. It says nothing. He just sort of moves his arm in that direction. He he reaches down. You have a, a, a dagger on you, right? Yes. He takes it. As he pulls it away from you, it snaps back to you. He looks at you. He looks at the dagger. He puts his hand upon it and it glows for a moment and then he just waves you past. But as the next person approaches, he takes all of your magical items. He puts them one by one carefully into the box as he takes them from you. So he takes your action and any other magical items. He seems to take no reaction. He just puts them in the box. Your homework telepathy. My ring. Okay. Dude, you got some real bad helmet hair. Look at you guys and say, "Are we really gonna give him all my, our, all of our good stuff?" I'm okay. I um, start walking up the hill. Master Indigenous, do we get these back when we come back down here? You see that in his hand is a key. On the box, as he sort of gestures, you see there's a lock. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he, he indicates he's going to give the key to you. I take the key. You head, you head up the stairs. At the stairs, you see two more of these elven creatures with the white, with the white tattoo uh, throughout their skin. And as you approach the gate, they look you over, half not, and reach out their hand. One of them reaches out their hand. Watch silently. I do like a little fumble with the scroll like I'm dra- dropping it, catch it with the other hand, and toss it to him. He catches it with, uh, with no um, sort of hesitation reads it for a moment and hands it back to you. The gates open, and you see he points, and inside there is like a bulletin board covered with papers, and he points to it. I give him a thumbs up and go inside. On the board in front of you, you see uh, uh, two announcements that seem to be pasted over, uh, like handwritten announcements that are sort of taped up there, or stapled up there, uh, nailed up there. Over those, uh, this mass of, of sort of handwritten announcements, you see two more official looking announcements. And the top one is at the top. It says, all newcomers, proceed immediately to the testing center on your right. You're admitted to grounds only on a parole basis and may only go to the testing center. Any unauthorized loitering or skulking will be dealt with by security immediately. Underneath that, it says, professors with available apprentice positions. And then it has two names. One is Professor Ariel Upcore, Artificing and Ancient Devices. And Professor Jack Hammer, Jack Hammer Alatar, Evocation and Summoning, uh, found in the Defense Tower. The only creatures you see are the two shadowy elves at the gate. Everything else is silent, and there's these t- huge towers that arise out of plateau, which is peaked up here on the side of a cliff, only accessible by a winding, steep trail. 
Afnot just walks off towards the testing center. Alright, I follow suit. As you enter, a sort of a matronly uh, human woman in an apron sort of looks you over and motions you towards the desks that are in rows. While the matronly old lady is distracted, Hafnot snatches the keys from her belt, pockets them. Do you guys sit down? Yeah, maybe sit yeah. down. All right, each of you uh, find upon your desk a stack of papers and a pen. Uh, I don't like where this is going. I, I know. It's on myself. After they all sit for this strange test, an odd thing happens. The most likely people to pass the test, maybe in half not, feel quite poorly about their performance. While virtually everyone else, except Kadeem, feels confident. Your tests all disappear. The old lady, she bumbles over to you half not, she takes you by the shoulder and sort of guides you out of your chair. Vivi takes you out of your chair, and Kadeem takes you out of your chair and takes you towards one of the doors to the to the room. The door to get out of here? Not the same door, no. No? Different door. It seems to head deeper into the building. I'm like, where are we going now? I get up and follow them. Don't split the party. <clears throat> Don't split the party. Very. The lady uh, sort of guides them three over there, then sort of leaves them and comes to talk to you. She says, uh, in, in sort of a calm, uh, detached voice, she says, Master Indigenous, it's an honor. You have passed the test, as have the cleric and uh, the auxiliary. Uh, you three are free to roam the campus and select a professor if you wish. These three will be taken. I come back over, and, and I do my puppy dog eyes, and, I, and I'm like, but man, I'm just a young boy, and this has been my dream for my entire life. Surely, just this once, you can bend the rules. You can roll a persuasion check. See, this is what happens when I do well. That's a 27. Nice. She looks down at you. She shoves you back into a desk that's right next to you, and a chest appears on the desk. That fail again. <laughs> Alright, I look back at the matronly woman, and I pull the keys out of my pocket, and I was like, how's about one more chance? Grab <laughs> 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 the keys from you. No, I'll give them to her. Well, this is... This is Highly unusual against the rules. She looks around, shoves you back in the desk, and another test appears. <laughs> Definitely your last chance. On his third try, Half Not barely passes the test. God, I'm like the dumbest kid here. <laughs> <laughs> she seems unimpressed. So she puts her hand on Mimi and Kadeem's shoulders and starts guiding you towards the door. Uh, hold on, lady. Uh, suddenly someone bursts in from uh from the uh, door that you entered. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a half-elf, and it looks around the room and it says, Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, and it runs up to you, and uh, Varian whispers in your ear and says, uh, Professor McCoy, would like Perhaps we can make arrangements for your whole team. Uh, that would be uh, desirable. And uh, I was correct. Uh, what fashion of caster is Corpus? He is a busy wizard. Well, she is a diviner of sorts, of, uh, an artificer of sorts. Just an all-around genius. We should speak to this diviner. Big lady looks almost a little disappointed as she takes her hand off you guys' shoulders um, and lets you lets you walk back to the group. Good, because I feel like that door is a meat grinder. I like, <laughs> can I ask her where she planned on taking us? Yeah. What's behind that door? Oh, I was just going to follow the rules, of course. Now nah, tell us what the rules say exactly. What's behind that door? She's suddenly clamped up and says, no. I give her a death glare, dude. See, I tried to persuade her. What's behind that door? I wouldn't intimidate her. Fuck! Natural one, so that doesn't work at all. She just peek of a smile right at the corner of her lips as she sort of looks past you and winks at you. 
guided by a quiet half-elf in subdued blue robes. As they finally leave the testing center, they find themselves in an empty courtyard with quiet alleys and dark shadows, strangely devoid of sounds and people. There seems to be no people except uh, out in the foyer, in the center, behind the bulletin board where you guys first entered. You do see one elven woman seated on the ground amidst a, a, a blanket full of strange objects. Guides you towards a very, very large building that's labeled administrative building. Then as you get to that building, before you get there, it gets descending down some stairs um, into an underground sort of labyrinth that seems to be built beneath the university. And after heading down several flights of stairs, leads you to... At the bottom of the stairs is a cavernous room, tall arched glass doors. While very quiet, there are a few eerie squeaks and sounds echoing throughout the cavernous area. There is on one large wall, tall wall, are mounted skulls, humanoid skulls of enormous size. Uh, each of these skulls is like three and a half, four feet tall, just from forehead to, to jaw. And they are mounted on the wall there. And below those skulls are large gurneys, maybe 25 feet long. Three large gurneys are packed up against that wall. On the far side, as you turn, you lock eyes with a creature. It's, uh, it's got golden wings and a, and a beak. Body is that of like a lioness. Eyes look downtrodden and sad as they make contact with you. As you make eye contact with it, Kadeem, you see Father John look over that direction and you also turn. And the animal sort of looks through you. It's a majestic beast. It paces back and forth with the body of the lioness and stares through you with the head of an eagle and wings of dappled gold. Through those predator eyes, those narrow yellow predator eyes, goldish colored, you see a sadness. Is it in a cage? It's in a cage. It looks like a bird cage. Okay. I want to ask the half elf, what is that? Just another of the uh, experimental subjects. It looks miserable. What do you have intended for this beast? Oh, I know not what the professor is doing with, with the beast. I will need to speak to your professor. Oh uh, yes, uh, she's back here. Okay, I make my way over there. All right, so you guys, they guide you back into a into a back room, and you see three people. One of them, an old woman, a female elf with long white hair, and two students-looking ones with the blue robes, as these uh, as the student who led you in here. They are working on a glowing white light, and they are they are they are etching something into one of the sides of it very delicately with a with with a, with this whole magic ritual that where the, the two students are walking about spreading and chanting and and uh, and the professor seems to be scrawling some sort of rune into this white light that is uh, that is covered on six sides by blank uh, black sort of sphere uh, sort of uh, rectangles. Do they see us enter the room? They seem very engaged in their ritual. Can I do an arcana check to see what the runes yes. might say? Yeah, you know that the one rune is something you've seen before on the instruments of the gift, and it, it seems to be the symbol of the astral plane, and that this is some sort of device to control gates. Could they be trying to create a barrier? About an hour passes as you guys just wait and watch. And um, eventually, the professor uh, it etches a maze-like pattern into one of the sides of the cube. It's the only side with any etching. She looks at you sort of sideways, her head sort of focuses in on Varian, and she sort of uh, walks directly towards you with an upright posture, Varian. She says, I know you seek to stop the Firestarter. Would you be happy to know you've come to the right place? Give me the bracers you carry, and I'll begin preparations to seal our realm from the right plane of fire. Yeah, we don't Varian, have any carry. Possession. <laughs> Well, they are at the gate then. 
I'll we'll go retrieve them. Okay. All right, yeah. Uh, whoever yeah. has the key, I guess give it to, to Pity. I take the key. I book it back over there to the okay. chest. You open, open it up. up get the uh, When you open it, all you see is the bracers. I take the bracers. I shut it. Mm-hmm. I go back to the party. They took all of our shit, guys. This is all I found in that chest when I went back there. I toss them at her feet. <laughs> we all look at the professor. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you have nothing to worry about. I'm sure. Bullshit. <laughs> I give uh, the key back. Her, one of her students picks up the two bracers, and, and the professor looks over them eagerly. Well, we need six spaces to complete the cube of expulsion. The cube of expulsion will have all of those realms whose faces are engraved upon this cube. They will be blocked from our realm, unable to interfere with our affairs anymore. Are I've we got creating a, a barrier? I want to add to that. The twilight. I would be willing to add twilight to this list. However, it may upset others. Which one is? I want the paradise. Oh. A disgusting place, Tony. Yes. The paradise and the twilight. Okay, what if dividing up these realms totally destroys our realm? Oh, piss posh. I think I'm now at least suspicious that these are sun elves. Okay. Um, what can we do to help? <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's, 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 it's wonderful you should ask. I don't know what's happened, but someone has released krakens in, back into our world? Uh, this is a very devastating development, and we must seal ourselves off in the water realm right away before more krakens are able to enter. Uh, um, seal yourself in the water realm. Yes, to expel to expel a plane, I must have a powerful token from it, like these these bracers that control fire in the middle. Uh, Why didn't you just want some kraken blood? Mm, that will not do anything. Given given the threat posed by the kraken, I suggest you start in the Garden of Toll. It is said that a great serpent resides there and guards a key that can open a gate to the plane of water. Bring that key to me. Okay. No. She says, uh, if you do this for me, I will agree to apprentice you and you have free, free reign here. Take first. There is one matter that I feel uh, Tamoons had called us to this place to, that drew us here in the first place. I saw that sad beast outside the, in the room adjacent. Mm. And I believe that the Lord Tamoons made it specifically for you will help me then? my apprentice here. I think that in good faith... I do not share your superstitions. However, the beast is important to you. It can be arranged. I believe it is important to uh, the mission of Tamoons. Uh, the beast is proven quite uncooperative and useless. I would uh, be happy to include it if you are to seek forth and gather forth the keys I will need. Complete the cube. I say we collect these keys. I'm, I'm game. I agree. And you will release the beast? I will release it at, at the receipt of the first cube. Do not go meddling about with that Professor Alatar. He's a brute, uh, and he stands in our way. Where would we find this Professor Alatar? So we, so we wouldn't run tower, into it. Mm. So we wouldn't run into him, you know. Where does yeah, that yeah, hang he's out? at the defense tower. Don't go there. Terrible place. Oh, I see, yes. Also, you know... I, I've had so many plans, and, and, and so few of them have been successful, but this one, I know, I know this time that I will be able to pull this together and, and show those those naysayers and that horrible Professor Alatar that I was right all along. I want to... Right about what? About the need to seal the world. I want to ask her... So, by sealing this? the world, then you'll prove, prove your need to seal the world? Is well, that what you're saying? How much safer we will be? I want to say, so, things besides, uh, <clears throat> things that pass in between worlds, uh, what of souls that need to naturally that's travel? Why, that's why I, I was hesitant on Twilight when you brought that up, because, you know, a lot of people are going to be upset about that, and the backing up of, spell, of souls and stuff, it seems like bad business. 
yeah, because it seems like you're gonna just fill the world with ghosts if you but did if that. But if it means completing my cube, then I'm willing. The cube must be complete. Why? The cube must be complete. It seems like to, almost like a spasm. Yeah, to keep us safe, huh? To yeah. keep us safe. I was thinking about how to get the bird out of the cage. The lion bird. I think I know better than to try and reach in. I reach in my bag and I pull out a ball bearing. When somebody's not looking, I just kind of backhand flip it at the cage and see what happens. It rolls into the cage with no issue. Uh, you see that this room has maybe a dozen small dwarf-like creatures with uh, strangely colored hair and colored skin. There seems to be a lot of uh, people cleaning this place. It is spotless. Is there like a tree, a plant, a flower? There are a large number of ingredients in jars and boxes uh, on uh, one of the neatly kept shelves. Is there a vase of flowers anywhere? Yeah, if you want, I can, uh, I can pluck off a petal of my staff and uh, hand it over. Okay. And just put a little uh, thread through it and just try to dangle it in and out of the ship, in, in and out of the cage. It sticks in no problem, but as you pull it back out, it immediately breaks and the part that's inside falls down. And the uh, creature scrambles for it and pecks at it frantically. What's hungry? Or I got rations. I'll put some meat in there. Have not. When you throw the jerky in there, it eats it immediately, like in one go. Alright, well I throw him everything I've got, which is about two days worth of rations. So he just, as it's even, even as it's passing through the barrier, he catches it in his beak, lifts his head up and does that chicken swallow, you know what I'm talking about, where it goes down <laughs> and you can see it going down. I, I try to shoo everybody away from the birdcage. Be like, alright, let's go, let's go. I was gonna ask that professor, I was like, um, is there anyone around here that you, uh, that you do respect and, and think very highly of, another professor perhaps? in this school. Uh, most of them just uh, look down on my work and consider me a, 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 a parasite. No one is admi uh, admires your genius? Well, Durden and Tyler, she points to her students, they are oh, a more, just more esteemed taste, but they are the only ones. Are Durden and Tyler, they have any <laughs> weird bruises or... Uh... <laughs> You can roll an insight check. <laughs> they, they look pretty, uh... Does it look like there anything they're not supposed to talk about? <laughs> oh, that's a natural 20. Oh, shit. <laughs> they look like they have a lot of things they're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> but no bruises. So, who who in this uh, school looks down upon your work? I mean, Everybody. you seem like you're doing really, you know, fascinating things. And, and this is rather advanced magic. Yes, well, many of my colleagues consider me a quack. Uh, just because a few of my plans have not come to fruition, they, they think that I will never succeed. Who talks bad about you, that stupid strong arm that guy? Damn, that damn hammer uh, in, his, in his cohort of summon. But no one else, mostly him and his groupies. Oh, yes, the other professors, they're, they're all groupthink, you know. Yes, yes. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. And we leave. I guess I leave. Come yeah, back but... if you want that Griffin. Yeah, I'll definitely be back. Thanks. It's very quiet still out here uh, as you leave. As you climb up the stairs to exit this underground laboratory, underneath a building labeled Administrative Building. As you exit, it's dark and there's shadows everywhere, and it's a narrow alley that leads uh, into the quad and then out towards the wall of the, uh, of the sort of castle. In every alley that connects and has line of sight to this point, there is a dark, shadowy creature that seems to be a creature in, of shadow itself. 
you recognize them as the same type of elves that greeted you on your way in, took all your weapons. But the, the, the lights that make up their tattoos form part of their camouflage as they hide in these shadows and have no clear outline. Alongside some of them, you see smaller creatures. They, they're not quite the same, but they remind you of the quickling that you saw in the um, sewers of Prime City, of the of Home of the Drow. And uh, you, you bet they were fae, but they're, they're very odd. Do they look intelligent? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are they watching us? They're all watching you. Can we tell like, them at least how many? two dozen. Uh, I want to just look at the closest one and say, uh, what are you? Right, who are you talking to? <laughs> there, there isn't even like a change of facial expression. There's no response whatsoever. Okay. Right. Do, you, do you see something? What's going on? Oh, yeah. uh, can, you not, can you not see these tiny little... Uh, yeah! And I just sort of gesture at... Um, at the uh, quicklings? Wherever they... Uh, yeah, kind of at the... Uh, you guys look and uh, pretty much nothing there. Just run down there? Like, I'm just walking because I don't see Yeah, you see them sort, sort of walk. just drift into the shadows and completely disappear. Okay. Like, no. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, yeah, I just kind of shake my head and uh, we move on. You head back to the quad. Again, no people. Okay, only shadows and weird sort of haunting creaks and sounds. But there is one elven woman seated on a rolled out blanket uh, in the uh, middle of the quad. We approach this lady and have a picnic with her. <laughs> As you food approach, you see that spread out on the blanket is a bunch of ingredients. Um, they seem to be odd things like eyeballs of weird sizes and colors, and uh, you know, uh, different body parts from creatures, uh, seeds, and weird stuff. And she and she looks at you and she says, "Hi." I got this blondish hair, and she bounces to her feet like uh, like a cheerleader type pop up. And uh, she just looks right at you with a big, like, very attractive smile. Hi! <laughs> um, hi! Hi! <laughs> hi! She looks at you. Hi! <laughs> hi! We understand you sell things, you make, apparently you make things on oh. request. Oh, I don't make things, I, I go out and find them. Uh, I'm gonna start looking through receipts, see if she's got anything I don't have. I'm, I'm, I'm aspiring to be a professor here someday. What's holding you back? Oh, uh, those crusty old people in the administrative office, they think I haven't been accomplished enough. And the shadow people, they hold you back too? Kind of creepy. She sort of, her lips, her smile sort of fades. Then she, like, it bounces What do you back know after, about the shadow people? <laughs> bounces back after a second, and she's like, and she doesn't respond to that question. I guess they scare all the people away because you're the only one here. Sales are not great. <laughs> no, that sucks, man. Yeah. But I'm very happy to have great customers like you. Where is everybody? They are in class. Mmm. Class is always going, huh? Yes. If you are here when class releases, you will know. Inside check. Is she like really, really nervous about this, or is she lying to me? Oh, bullshit. No. I got an 18. No, it's a five. Uh, 18. Well, I mean, you're you're pretty confident, uh, Kadeen, that she is a ditz. <laughs> the uh, uh, you're pretty confident with an 18, uh, Claire, uh, Father John that not only is she not a ditz, she seems to be concealing a lot of stuff that she's not talking about. What's holding you back from becoming a professor? These, these old crusty people, surely there's something to, that, that you could do to convince them that you're worthy. Yes, they said if I could make a particular potion, I, 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 would be, I would be promoted. You just need to gather the right ingredients, Yes, I'm these sure. ingredients are not what they want. So I'm selling them to pay for my new expedition. Well, it just so happens 
I've got a ship and a crew, and I'd be happy to help you acquire these ingredients that you need. Well, 43. that is quite serendipitous indeed. Uh, <laughs> I, I go where Tazmoon takes me. Well, Tazmoon has never helped me before, but there's always a first time. She has a big bouncy smile as her hair sort of flips, um, and she says, however, I, I do have a group that I usually travel with, I don't bring, she says. Indeed. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, if you would like to join us, that would be wonderful. Like I'm I heading say, to the deserts to the west. What are you there's, trying to collect? I'm heading to the deserts to the west. There is much room on our ship. Why are you trying to collect? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello. You've broken her. <laughs> what are you trying to collect? Oh, well, yes, I'm trying to collect a very important ingredient that will help me get promoted. What is the ingredient? Uh, something very important. And what is the name of this important ingredient? <laughs> it's academic name, not as common. You were talking up to moons? Tell me more! <laughs> oh, Tamoons is a great benevolent leader, oh my god. god amongst gods. He is with us at all times and guides us on the path of love and life. Only through discipline and hard work can you really see the true greatness of sacrifice in the name of Tamoons. She nods enthusiastically. Do you have anything that can protect people against fire? She like jumps up and like starts uh, rummaging through one of her bags. I imagine she'll be bringing all of these things with her on our journey. But she says, oh, I'm not actually... Part of the problem is I want to become the professor of alchemy here, but I'm more good at collecting ingredients than making stuff out of them. So I have lots of ingredients, but not a lot of potions. Oh, shit. That works for me. Did we bother to ask you your name? I'm Theresa Frontier. Do I... Can I make a history check and... Sure. Well, that's, that's a well-known name, Brunkin. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, from a family that has sort of disappeared. Business has been super slow. Time you've already acquired a ship. I have? We'll have to meet the rest of your team, but very interested. Well, a, church, uh, a cleric of the moons are, are known for, for being honest, so that's great news. Yes, the, uh, I have the spleen of a troll. It can be used to make such uh, powerful potions, I believe. How much do you want for this uh, troll spleen? 91 gold. Varian doesn't have any concept of money, so he's just like, fine. Yeah, she, she gives you the spleen. She's like, oh, thank you so much for supporting our, our, our grand expedition. I just kind of run and start looking it over. She says, are you uh, a chosen one by chance? Uh, oh, I'm Varian. Wipe my hand off and offer it to her. She shakes it enthusiastically, like bouncily, and she says, uh, There are a lot of uh, uh, chosen people around here, but most of them won't talk to me. Can't imagine why. Who else are chosen that are here at the uh, academy? Well, I see you're coming from Professor Ubacor's office. Oh, she's a chosen. She's a chosen. Is uh, Jack Hammer a chosen? Oh, no, no. Uh, he appears to be a human. And uh, the Defense Tower, by the way, towers over the rest of the university. The second tallest building is probably half as tall as the defense tower in the center. I think it's this way, guys. All right, so, uh, Mindy, as you approach the uh, defense tower, there's a barrier that nobody will see, but you see. And as you approach it with a 16, you recognize it as a barrier that seems to control who passes in and out. I let everybody know. Uh, there seems to be a barrier that could possibly keep us from leaving. I just don't know who controls it. Cool. Let's go. I think we'll be fine. That's why we got the pass. So you guys all enter the grounds, and as you do enter, sort of, there was a little bit of noise, like wind and stuff noise, just now. But now all that's gone. 
Mm. You don't hear anything. But you do see near the door to the building two pillars of what appear to be lightning. You could not see them from outside of Barry. They seem to be moving and shifting. I say we just walk past them. Yeah. You walk past them, the door's open. As you enter, you see a dark hallway that leads to a very formal looking spiral staircase that's in the very center of the tower. Around the staircase, starting at the third floor, are a ton of uh, rooms. As you walk up through the second floor, that the stairs become very cold. Hmm. And as they as you as you sort of are curious about this and look over the side of the staircase, you see what is clearly an ice elemental. It's just below the stairs. Ooh. I uh, kind of lean over and look at it. The stairs are very slippery here. In one of the rooms with the door slightly ajar is a bright flaming light. It looks like a fire starter. Interesting. It is not chained up, but it does seem to patrol a very small area. Let's continue up to the Jackhammer's right, so office. Continue climbing. Uh, about 40, stair- 40 flights of stairs, you reach the top. You see that there are massive double doors. Um, and as you reach the top layer of the stairs, they just swing open wildly. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even touch them. Nice doors. We walk in. Alright, you see a human man. He's standing sort of sideways to you. You can see him like a, like a side view. Uh, he has long, stark white hair, widow's peak kind of thing going on. He holds a staff that looks like a silver serpent, and his entire garb is beautiful blue flowing robes. He also has a, a menagerie of weapons on his back, and an incredible amount of pouches and sealed little pockets all over the front of his chest. Uh, he doesn't seem to be paying much attention to I uh, walk up within earshot of him and announce out, Professor Alazar. It's Alatar. Ah, good to meet Please you, sir. Please come in. Please come in. I'm looking for new recruits. I'm willing to interview everyone. Please come in. Many of us passed your exam. As you guys all enter, the doors close behind you. He looks you guys. He looks you all over one by one. Just uh, first, you, Father John. He looks you over. He seems very quickly to make an assessment of you, but he lingers on. Nibby. says, are you a Darrow, sir? Excuse you, what'd you call me? <laughs> oh, well then you're certainly not a Darrow. Speaking back to your superiors that way. <laughs> Did you just call me a Darrow? A Darrow? Never mind. I don't think you passed our test anyway. Here you sister. Perhaps you'd like to give me another test. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe squints his beady little eyes. <laughs> he Maybe he materializes his axe in his hand. Oh, you... Oh, Mibby, you're just joking again. And I pat him on the shoulder. Alright, so your blue axe with the red with the red blade uh, glows in your hand, and suddenly his eyes focus directly on you. As his, his, his staff pops up in his hand, and you can see the silver serpent eyes light up with a, with a white light. And you need to make a wisdom save. Ooh, that ain't good. Uh, that'd be a one. The staff, you guys all see, the staff just sort of sinks down, maybe quiets down, and he, and he looks over at you, Barry, and says, Chosen! Very well. Very, very nice. You passed the test, I see. Uh, How do I get one of those staffs? Looks at you and says, Were you a auxiliary of the Chosen? Yes, I am. Quite an entourage, sir. Yes, I'm, I'm very fond of my uh, uh, traveling companions. Well, one could hardly uh, hope for a larger traveling group who looks around and all of you guys. Mibby, by the way, you turn around 
and you just go start. You guys all see maybe just walk towards one of the walls and then just stand facing the wall, <laughs> one inch away. You just stand there facing the wall. See if he'll lend it to us. She says, <laughs> "I would be honored for you to be my apprentice." Uh, I'm sorry. What is it exactly you do here? Why well, protect this university and this realm itself? That's probably why those shadowy creatures were were about. Well, uh, I noticed the hammer, Jill. I would not be noticed the hammer if I did not have an army at my beck and call. Every week I summon a new creature and bind it here. Oh, you just uh, you just got slaves running around. <laughs> yep. Well, what I have is a loyal army. How do you feel about the experiments of uh, Uquar? Uquar. Oh, that that woman is a is, is a nut job. You should not do anything for her. She is trying to steal off all of my army. That is unacceptable. And wouldn't it have other unintended consequences too? Wouldn't be like perhaps. Oh God! None of these fools know. What is your army to defend against if not other realms? Ah, uh, yes. Well, as you can see, this is one of the very few safe places in the world. It looks at you, like, meaningfully. Mm -hmm. If I could just get my allies back in charge over at Vesuvius, then things would be back under control. That is indeed what brought me here. I am from Vesuvius. Yes. The fire elementals have gotten far out of control. Yes, they have. And you know why? I don't. Your precious Baron has imprisoned the only effective leader that the Knights of Vesuvius ever had. What? Yes, it's quite it's quite uh, shocking and counter-useful. Baron Vesuvius is actively undermining our efforts to bring order to these lands, prolonging the threat and the fire stoppers. Well, why is he why is he doing this? Oh, I don't know, but I I suspect evil magic. I do know the Baron to be a good, just man. It would seem odd he would imprison his head of his guard and turn his back on his allies previous. Indeed it does. And all the more evidence that he is uh, quite out of his mind. What do you know of the threat we face? Little, sir. Well, I know much, and I can tell you that the immortal who has retreated to the Fire Realm, named Alnuar, is a threat to not just our lives, but the lives of everyone on our plane. An immortal has retreated to the Fire Realm? Yes, there's a civil war to the north. How have you not known this? First of all, you know that in the Empire to the north is called the Silver Empire. Okay. That the Silver Empire is run by lizard folk who are silver scaled. You also know that the uh, Church of the Sun is much stronger there. Mm. Uh, you've, you've heard from several refugees that you've helped that there is some sort of war up there. A lot of the refugees don't really know what's going on, but they know that their lands are no longer safe up there. They fled down here only to find that this place is being burned by Firestone. He says to you, Barry, he says, well, if you were to help me to get General Hoy still back in control of the Knights, we could quickly bring Alnuoth's minions under control in this realm. Do you think Alnuoth has something to do with the Baron acting the way he's acting? It's quite possible. The Baron is acting in Alnuoth's interest at this point. If we could get the Baron back on our side and, and somehow remove this this possession or this... I fear that you may not be powerful enough to counteract anything Alnuoth has done. He is a god at this point. He walks over to Mimi. Mimi, you're still holding your axe. Grabs the axe out of Mimi's hand. Uh, bum, bum, he, bum. He, uh, he sort of twirls it in his hands, and you can tell he's an expert. This is not the first time that I've seen a weapon of this caliber. He winks at, he winks at you, uh, uh, Barry. I think you will find that the general will be a natural ally for you and your team. He, he sorts of, sort of like just rotates the axe like in, in his hand. I just kind of say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he snaps his fingers, and maybe you find yourself like staring at a wall. Like you have no idea how you got here. The hell? <laughs> and you see your axe is being like flipped very casually in the hand of this wizard. I recall it back to my hand. It recalls back to your hand. He, he seems to just let it go. I have a sign of respect for him now. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, Master Barry, if you were to agree to help me, and we could get the Baron out of uh, control, render his knights useful again in our war, I would be very happy to accept you and your whole group here, naturally, as, as apprentices. And as uh, that would grant you full access to the resources of our fine university. And I don't need to tell you that the resources of our university are better than anything else you'll find. We had a sample of the resources out in the quad. Oh, Where are your representatives? You should steer clear of the, of the petty, petty merchants who somehow gained a foothold here. Well, they're the only ones around, man. Everyone else is gone. Probably usher to that Our room. students are highly disciplined. Professor Daria told me of your coming. Hmm, Daria? She got glasses? Professor Daria is a gentleman. Oh. Strange one. An enchanter of sorts. Yes, I was told by multiple sources that you are persons of great consequence. It's the only reason I talk to you at all. <laughs> I'll let fate decide how consequential we are. Fate, fate needs a helping hand from weapons, my friend. Ha ha! He, 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 he sort of uh, lifts his staff and he winks at Mibby. I tink my axe to his staff. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to kill each other now, you're like, yeah, bro. <laughs> Bros! Perhaps, perhaps, Half Not speaks up. Perhaps you could provide more indirect assistance. For you know everything that happens here because you have the shadows watching. Yeah. He looks down at you, he looks at you, Mary, and he says, he seems to be, perhaps, if I were to venture a guess, an overgrown adolescent gnome. That's what I think. <laughs> Works for me. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Does this creature have authority to speak as if though you were an adult? For all of my companions, auxiliaries, to uh, keep their own wits about them, I find it's more effective that way. Very well. Speak, small thing. All I need is a little surveillance. Perhaps. Of what? That professor we were just talking about. I keep her under constant surveillance. She is a menace. I had a feeling. So I think we may have a mutual goal. Perhaps we could take her little pet project. He sort of smiles at you in a condescending way and says, But don't worry, son. He pats your shoulder. She is quite incompetent. All of her harebrained schemes fall apart somewhere in the beginning stages. Hmm. Yes, she's already bound the astral, and she's working on fire. But if we help you, if we help you, then we will not be helping her. She said if we helped her, we got the lion bird. I want the bird. I don't know of this lion bird. It sounds like the child wants to wage war on her tower so we can get the bird. No, I don't want to wage war. I want to steal it. I want to freaking steal it. How... If, if Master Varian was to become my apprentice, I could say that the guards might not be available for that area for a while. Aha! That's more like it. Tell me, what do you have to teach a druid as an apprentice? I am not much for the ways of the indigenous. find them quite pedestrian. However, you would be very well served to be gaining access to our library, where all kinds of knowledge is available. In other words, perhaps a, an apprentice of convenience. Yes, a formal relationship that perhaps does not 
100% describe the details of our actual agreement, Wiggly. An apprentice with benefits. Half-Knot tries to use his fool's insight to read his mind. His thoughts are, these guys are definitely my best chance to get Wiggly out of jail. Okay, yeah, well, uh, I think we can certainly uh, investigate the state of this uh, General Oyson. He's a staunch ally of the university, quite a uh, brilliant general, a tactician, and a leader of uh, a leader of war. All right, I like this guy. Half not says to Father John by via via message. I think he's clearly a tyrant. We agreed to look into to becoming your apprentices, looking into this uh, general situation in exchange for our items, so we can accomplish the mission. Excellent! I'm so glad to hear it. So yeah, let's go talk to the Enchanter. I bet you the Enchanter has some way to possibly break any kind of mind control that this guy's under, right? He is expecting you. So you guys uh, head out of the tower, down the stairs. Yeah. You find your way to a smallish tower, and the door opens as you approach. Uh, walk in. It's very dark in here, um, and there seems to be one hallway that leads to one room. Alright, as you feel your way along the, do- uh, the, the wall of seaweed, you see, yes, almost almost uh, about 10 feet into the, the hallway, you notice that there seems to be a wall, but your hand crosses what feels like a hinge. There's a door right here. Half not, half not will happily try to open it. As your hand finds the doorknob, the, the illusion before you of the wall disappears, and there is no door. There is just a smallish round room, in the center of which is a table. His office looks like a small windowless room without light except the dim light emitted by an enormous crystal ball that is located in a special circular table in the center of the room. That's all you see. 24. There's a very thin person standing in the circular room, sort of against the wall. Whoa! Um, (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to touch your ball. (laughs) Your your hand sort of rubs across his chest. He's very, very thin, like greenish robes. As you, as, you, as you touch him, you see him, and as you look into his eyes, it looks like his pupils have expanded to the size of his entire eyeball. Dude, that's way And he's so much looking crap. right into your eyes. Oh, uh, I kind of like wave my hand in front of his face like, uh, hello, are you, are you Professor Daria? Y- yes, I, I am Professor Daria. Whoa, your eyes are huge. Oh, my, my eyes are normal. It is my pupils. <laughs> oh, fair enough. How come you stand perfectly <laughs> still in this really dark room? Light does not matter to those without sight. And he reaches up and touches your face. Oh. Uh, and grabs, like, uh, just your whole face, like, it's, like on his palm and, like, down your chest. Down all the way your whole body. Hey. Just very uh-huh. forward. Um, and uh, and uncomfortable that. for a moment. Mindy catches on and takes the crystal ball and pulls it <laughs> off the table. <laughs> I leave for five minutes and now there's ball groping going on. A zero? Another natural nice. one. A zero. Zero. Okay. We're going to learn all the secrets of this <laughs> university. He holds all the balls. So, um, Mimi reaches over, <clears throat> picks up the uh, crystal ball, puts it right back, uh, turns, faces the professor, nods, gets down on his knees, and places his face right against the ball. <laughs> what? What the Hey, it's fuck? better than standing in a corner. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Alright, so as after he touches Barry and like really inappropriately, he moves he moves to the next person, who is probably like half not. Um and half Whoa, hey, hey, he has over half there. Not, and, like a 
head and then like moves his hand down until he touches Half Dot's head. Oh, okay. Um, and then he just like. Sort of I don't let him go any further <laughs> down. Well, like, so you he didn't interrupt. Very... Yeah, and he yeah. Feeling all over your face. I say, oh, oh, yes, yes. It's okay. Don't, don't, don't feel up on little boys. <laughs> um, he seems. He seems. Uh, feels down your face. Then he like touches your staff. Oh, and he reaches his hand away. He says, sort of a faint light seems to emit from his moving hand. And as he moves, like his whole body leaves this like swirl, like almost a, a light that's like a smoke, like a steam that sort of comes off his body. Have you seen anything about the Baron? I don't think he's seen much at all. Um, <laughs> have you seen anything about the Baron and Vesuvius? He, he just sort of walks past you as you talk, mm-hmm. and he just he just sort of mumbles to himself. He says, mm, "The choices now you will make would determine the course of our history, our shared world." Oh, what do you see? Uh, he seems to be somewhere else, drifting with the uh, with the ether in his own sort of not sure world. Ask him. Tell us what you see. Well, I, I see that you and he touches your face, and you and he touches Kadim's face, and you and he touches uh, a seaweed. I punch him in the face, and I say, "Don't touch me." Oh, oh. he steps back. He says, "You strange people." You're of great historical importance, uh, very rude, however. I'm surprised you didn't foresee that. <laughs> I don't like to be touched <laughs> without permission. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we all have our idiosyncrasy. <laughs> um, and as he wanders off, he sort of reaches back behind you and slaps your ass. Mine? Yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. I turn around and try and kick him. <laughs> you can roll an attack roll. You kick him, um, but... As you kick him, you make contact with his 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 uh, the back of his knee, but it's almost like he saw it coming, and his knee just sort of uh, just steps forward and steps out of your kick. As he, as, as he just sort of whispers to himself inaudibly, as he just like sort of feels around in the air. I hate that guy. I don't want to help him. <laughs> Wait a minute. So. Oh, stealing from those of the university's caliber is not a good idea. See, touches half dot's face. <laughs> <laughs> you want to help me with that? <laughs> he he uh, he says, "You will need allies, young woman." What do you think about the girl in the quad, the ditzy one? She is on her own path. Mm-hmm. What about Elquad, Professor, whatever her name is? Oh, he's Professor Elquad. She's ah. Oh, let's leave it at that. He just wanders off. <laughs> and the hammer. What are your attitudes about towards the hammer? Well, we all need him, I suppose. I sense a great unease with this place. What's wrong with this university? Okay, so he sort of turns back to you, walks back to you again, and this time puts his hand like up against your neck and chin. All up in my beard. Yeah, all up in your beard. All up in the beard. His hand is like all up in there. Mm. And and you can feel him, his light from his hands are swirling about you. Okay. Um, and, uh, and he says, nothing is perfect, Claire. Except you, of course. And he steps away. (laughs) (laughs) He just walks away. Doesn't answer my question at all. (laughs) I understand your curiosity as my own curiosity, and your story is matched only by the strangeness of your story. And he just sort of drifts, and you can see this light sort of drifting around. Was that a sentence? No. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I want to ask, like, alright, if you can see the future, what do you know of the Sun Elves and how they touch the, or will touch this world. Ah, yes, they are destined for greatness. Yeah, also horribleness. <laughs> how, how do they gain their powers, and how can we stop it? And is it connected to the civil war that's currently plaguing the immortals? 
Well, it's good to ask the right questions, even if you ask them of the wrong people. And he just sort of wanders away again. <laughs> Wait, who are the right people? This guy is useless. Well, he's we ever seen Moomoo again? At least he's not a slaver. I or guess. He comes back to you and he reaches for your face again. I lift my hand up so he can touch my hand. He grabs your hand and just sort of pinches it between his fingers. His hand's really sweaty yeah, and creepy. <laughs> All of a sudden, a, a thought seems to come to him, and he heads back to Half-Knot, and he touches Half-Knot's face, and then starts reaching down to touch Half-Knot's body again. Cut me! Duh, duh. <laughs> Slap it away. Half-Knot reaches over uh, as far up as he can and just rubs his nipple. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach it! <laughs> He sort of gets the side of your face and his like sort of wet wet finger goes in your ear a little bit. Oh my god. And he's like, he says, You are a halfling. What's a halfling? You're the first one that's got that right. The world, you are a world away from your home, my friend. Where is his home? Yes, halflings are quite powerful. And he seems to drift away again with this light sort of swirling around him as he heads back. Just sort of circling around, just sort of touching people at random. I try to pick his pocket, for sure. 22! Alright, you reach in his pocket. There's only one thing in there. It's a, It seems like a, a little leather-bound book. Turn away from him, and I look at it real quick. Alright, you look at it. It says, uh, you open it, and there's only... It seems like there's a bunch of pages in there, but when you open it, there's only one page that says, Find your home. <laughs> I just chunk the book at him. Like, hell's wrong with you. you. You throw it right on target, but for some reason it misses. I like this guy. <laughs> he sort of wanders around again, around the whole room, and comes back. And this time he touches Nibby. He pulls Nibby's head away from the orb. And as he does, you, you, you regain your senses. And you find yourself in this dark room, sort of disoriented. Like a sort of sticky hand on the back of your neck. Uh, what was, what was that light? What, what did you do to me? Oh, you know, you should be more generous to those more powerful than yourself. And he sort of looks past you over your head. I suppose you're right. Well... Here, I, I, I pull those two beholder eyes out and say, you'll probably need these more than I do. As you pull them out, he eagerly takes After taking the beholder eyes, Professor Upkor disappears and our heroes find themselves outside of his office. Given the high degree of creepiness of this entire university, they are eager to leave here, go to Vesuvius and see what's happening, and if they can help. For more information on Oppressed by Sun, you can go to our website, oppressedbysun.com, where we got maps, lore, and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. See ya.